Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, this is Jordan Moreno, and this is The Valley Now, your weekly feel-good hour where we lift each other up with the stories of good people doing good things in your neighborhood. Every week, we'll be talking with community leaders who have a unique passion for our thriving city and those that make the Valley such a special place to live. Get ready to be inspired by the work they're doing, whether it's mentoring our youth, providing a platform for those without one, or just driving those worthy charitable causes. Listen in on the conversations and join us in raising our community. This is our time to shine, and this is The Valley Now. All right, the kids are back in school. We're back in a routine, and man, it it feels good, I gotta say. But what about after school? And what about those out of school times? How do we ensure that kids remain on the right track for success? Well, one local organization is laying the foundation for a bright future by providing at-risk youth with mentors who support them through all of life's challenges, the positive role models that can really make a difference in the child's life. And so here to talk more about the life-saving programs is my friend and colleague, Future for Kids Executive Director, Madonna Bistany. Good morning. Good morning, Jordan. Thanks for the invitation to join you. Appreciate yes. it. Yeah, I'm happy we could do it. And a, a recurring theme when I chatted with Future for Kids employees was passion. Madonna's passion, passion, passion. Every single one of the employees said it. And I think that your passion for the mission is clear just in the simple fact that you've been in this role for 17 years. And so congratulations on that. But let's go back even further to the beginning of the Future for Kids and how how did the organization come to be in that, that kind of founder's story? Yeah. So back in 1991, uh, a young uh, football player, um, a superstar uh, college athlete named Rod Smith uh, went into the NFL and um, played on a few teams and then um, was cut. And he thought he was uh, he and many of his uh, friends and colleagues were at risk kids. So they immediately thought, how do I uh, make a difference in the community? Um, and so they started Future for Kids, and um, it's they they had three pillars: academics, athletics, and ethics. And uh, through those three pillars, they built um, the organization and got it started. And what they were doing was, um, since that was their skill set, they were doing sports camps. Uh, they were really great and wonderful, and. After a while, they realized, oh, okay, we need to do 
something more. We need to help kids um, because they were seeing kids um, at camps and they wouldn't get to follow through. So they thought, let's let's uh, find someone that can help us grow the organization because we really believe in the pillars and we uh, believe that it will uh, impact the community in a very positive way for the future. So um, uh, in 2006, they found me and I came in to help build the organization. And we started with a program called Discover Your Future because that was what all of the athletes were doing. Mm-hmm. They were uh, beginning to understand that after football there, they needed to begin to look at what their future was. So uh, the, the the program uh, developed organically um, based on much of my experience. I'm um, a mom of three and um, have been very involved with my children. And I really wanted to create an after-school program that mimicked what so many kids receive um, in their families, just a wonderful loving um, program that helps kids after school feel supported through the challenges that they experience at school. So how better to do that than the power of volunteers? So we put together an amazing volunteer uh, mentor program. And uh, the Phoenix Suns heard about this program and decided, oh, this is what we believe is important. So they came in and uh, put in our office space um, in Tempe, they created a beautiful state-of-the-art training facility for the 150, 60 plus volunteer mentors we train. And uh, the volunteer mentors are multi-generational and um, they move through uh, a very um, specific training um, to be able to uh, mentor children. Um, at our 18 locations throughout Phoenix and Tucson. And what does it take to be a mentor? What are some of those qualifications that you look for? And yes, it's volunteer driven, but not necessarily everybody can just run in and, and join. There are, like you said, there's training requirements. And what are some of the requirements in someone that you're you're looking for that would make a great mentor? Yeah, mentors are dedicated. And it, it's not about um, a one-time experience. It's really about making an impact. And so the people that um, uh, are interested in our uh, mentor program, in our Discover Your Future program, understand the commitment. And so um, we're very clear about that because we're with this particular program, we're looking for that um, uh, for those individuals that really um, understand um that training is important and then follow through with children. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, our model works really great. Um, and um, we're so happy that so many people see the experience, come in, meet us, and then move through the process to serve a year with kids and then many renew. And what's what's the minimum requirement? Is it one year that that a mentor would stay with a child? Are they paired with one child throughout the course of that year? Or is it more they go into the school or they go into the program and there's a group of kids? Yeah. So every one of our Discover Your Future programs um, can serve 50 youth. We have staff at our programs and the volunteer mentors are the ones that create the magic with the kids. So it's a one to four ratio. We find that works really well. Um, uh, for uh, the mentor as well as the kids. Uh, uh, the dynamics are uh, truly beneficial and um, it's been successful for 17 years. So um, we continue with that particular model. 
Do you find that some peer mentorships kind of organically come to the surface during that time too, if whether it's within the group of four or just some that kind of rise to the occasion and, and they prove to be that they could be peer mentors too, even, even though they're one of the children? Absolutely. That always occurs. And, and you know, every group is different, but what the kids we serve are eight to 12 and there's always uh, leaders emerging mm-hmm. within that, uh, the, the 50 um, youth that are in each program. So we see that a lot. But as we talk about mentors and, um, and kids, the kids, of course, benefit from having the full attention and dedication of a mentor. But the mentors um, that give their time for 26 weeks, uh, three hours a week um, benefit because they feel the impact every time they show up. They are so appreciated by the kids. The the kids in our program look forward to seeing their mentor because that is a consistent person in their life that they know is going to show up and and, and be so excited to see them and uh, move through a series of wonderful structured activities that we provide for them. So it's it's really the magic. And, and it's, I was saying dedication is important because showing up in a child's life is and being consistent is probably one of the most important criteria. Mm-hmm. And something that they're most likely lacking at home with this particular population. Absolutely. So having that consistency after school. So we're once a week at each of our locations where the volunteers, it's not because it's not um, a, a after school program every day of the week. It's a mentorship program. So the kids um, look forward to if it's Wednesday, seeing their mentor moving through the fun activities that we have planned based on our pillars. And then um you know, knowing they're going to see them the following week. Mm-hmm. And so that's the Discover Your Future program. Can you touch on some of the additional programs that have come, you know, over over your time and your tenure there? Sure. So um, one of, uh, besides um, our Discover Your Future program, which is our signature program, which is in Phoenix and Tucson, we have three sports camps that we put on. And those three sports camps are part of our history. That's how we mm-hmm. started. And so we maintain those. We partner with um, professional uh, sports teams and our college um, teams uh, to put on camps. It, it, the hosting uh, gets rotated on who's um, partnering with us. And so we always do a youth sports and fitness camp that is now hel- um, held at Legacy uh, Park in yeah. Gilbert. Uh, we do one at with the Phoenix Suns, which is a basketball camp, and then we do a soccer camp with GCU currently. Fun. And how would how would kids qualify to be part of those? Or is it any child that's participating in a Discover Your Future program can also come take part in the sports programs? Yeah, every camp is different based on um, kind of proximity to the kids because that's always one of the issues is getting kids from point. A to point B, you know, mm-hmm. it's not held at their school. It's a challenge, but we do um, provide transportation and bring kids to the facility where we're holding the camp. So it's open to all of our discover your future kids, as well as um, youth interested in participating. Yeah. And I want to encourage everybody to take a look at your website, take a look at your social media, just learn about future for kids because the way that the mentors are interacting with these kids like you said, it's magic. And it's just so fun to see adults understand kids because not every, not every adult is going to be, you know, the type of adult that would get on the ground and play with a kid or shoot hoops with a kid. And uh, it's just really fun to see the true magic that happens in those relationships. You can tell they're all so genuine. 
You know, every day that I'm in the office, I hear the stories from our volunteers. Oftentimes our volunteers um, become um, associate board members and board members. So the stories that they bring with them about how the kids touch their life and how they felt by showing up each week, that they made a difference in their life and, and what they saw and noticed in the kids' behavior. And, and ultimately, you know, we're looking to um, be a positive role model, but then we also want kids to improve in school and have great attendance. That's one of the issues um, currently being dealt with in our community is um, attendance, making sure kids attend school. So we're one of the supportive agencies that works in that space to make sure kids are excited to come to school and then excited to come to see uh, our, uh, to participate in our Discover Your Future program and see their mentor. Mm -hmm. Do you have a particular story of a pairing or a student that whose life just totally turned around because of the programs? I'm sure there's so many, but if if there's one that stood out to you. You know, I I have a personal story because uh, 17 years ago, I was a mentor and I have to say I had um, a a group of um, four boys that were 10 years old. And um, uh, I was coming from my office, of course, so I was dressed in office attire and they they started out day one rolling their eyes, mm-hmm. rolling their eyes like, what are you doing here? And um, by day two, they're like, oh, or week two, oh, you came back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, um, week three, I brought a book um, to show them and share um, when we had a little bit of free time during the program. And um, through the power of that book, Um, and letting them, reading to them, and uh, letting them read to me, and really just embracing a story. And the book was Charlotte's Web, and we just started reading it. And it was uh, magical, as I keep saying, because the the feelings were so deep. And then next week, they went to the library, and each brought a book for us to read together. This is, it was not requested. It was, it was just um, from us in, in, in for our program and for me in particular, it was just a feeling that I, um, I'm so happy to share because it really touched my heart and showed me that through the power of caring and, 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 and showing that attention and giving full, um, just paying attention to kids and making sure they feel heard um, mm-hmm. really makes a difference. Yeah. And opening up the door, you opened the door for discussion. You opened the door for them to, you know, maybe they were very self-conscious with how they, with their reading level, or maybe they weren't comfortable reading and you opened the door for them. And I don't know, have you, I'm sure you haven't kept in contact with them, but I would love if you did. Oh my gosh. And and that's something we're working on as an agency because um, so many of the families that we work with are transient. They're switching schools or kids, you know, they move. So it's really hard for us to follow up too much, but we're in the process of really going through our roster for the past 17 years and seeing what, if we can find some of the people that have participated and, and hear their stories now that they're um, adults. I would love to hear those and see that data. Oh, I bet that would be so rewarding. Yeah, we're excited to do that and share it. So it's one of the things that we're working on. But um, the kids um, at camp and moving forward with these boys that I was working with, um, when they would come to a camp, it was, um, you know, from me being the person that was kind of an outsider to being their person. And so I think that's what really encouraged me to and kept me so excited about mentoring was that from um, kind of being rejected to all of a sudden 
I was their person when they'd see me at an outside event, such as one of our camps, it was important for them to make sure that they touched base with me to show me the progress they were making in sports. So, um, you know, it really, um, it's an important experience for the mentor, not just the kids. Mm-hmm. And would you say that that's what kind of makes you different than other organizations that are in the mentor space? What's your secret sauce? Yeah, the secret sauce is investing in uh, training mentors and not just putting people in the field. So they're well-trained, they're vetted, of course, uh, interviews, background checks. um, And then there's multiple trainings that they move through. And then they're also nurtured and supervised in the field. So we invest a lot in making sure that um, the volunteers we're placing out that we're placing in the field really understand kids and what they're dealing with. And I think that's the magic sauce is really investing in our volunteers and not just putting them out there, expecting them to really be able to navigate some things that they're dealing with. And your volunteerism opportunities do go beyond mentorship too, right? You kind of have a little something for everyone that helps to drive your organization because you're a very small but mighty team. Yeah. Um, so we do, we use the, we're powered by volunteers. And I always say that because uh, corporate volunteers are very important to us and they do so much for us. Um, besides providing funding, they're also, they send teams out to help us with our data plays, which is a fun way for kids just to be outside and enjoying, um, fresh air and new games. And companies, um, like to come out with their teams and do that. They also help us prepare STEM kits that were used in our program or our, STEM van, which is an outreach program. So corporate volunteers are very important to us. And oftentimes those corporate volunteers move into um, not just volunteering, but then interested in joining our leadership team, which is our associate board and board. Uh, We also have um, volunteers that are event volunteers. So when we have a special event, they just like to volunteer at those particular things. So um, that's important to us as well. And of course, our volunteers are board members and associate board members as well. Of all of these accomplishments, looking at your time with the organization, what would you say you're most proud to share in terms of accomplishments or or big things that you've tackled? Because the organization has come a long way, but at the same time remained very true to your mission and very true to the origin of the organization. I think one of the most... uh some of the, I mean, there's just so many things that have been wonderful. Oh, it's been a wonderful journey. And I think one of the um, most important to me has been the growth and, you know, building chapters and that's sharing the model, uh, not just creating a model that works, but sharing it. So we're starting uh, with, uh, in Tucson. So that's our first chapter. And uh, we're up and running and serving kids down there and uh, working on um Uh, kind of uh, being very systematic with that so that we can duplicate uh, around the country. Mm -hmm. So is your goal within the next year to be kind of nationwide or what does that look like looking toward the future? Yeah. So um, we're perfecting Tucson and after that we'll be um, moving to other areas in Arizona. So uh, as we we're, we're not that interested in growing quickly, we're interested in really making sure that our model is operating very efficiently, no matter what city we're in. It's all about making sure that it's um, impactful and um, well-managed. Right. And the same. So the child in Tucson is getting the same experience as one in Phoenix, as one in Flagstaff, Payson, (laughs) wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so our programs have been requested uh, throughout the state. And so we're excited um, to look to the future to help 
serve kids all over the state. And most of the locations are within schools, correct? So is that a large portion of what your team is doing is going out and researching those schools and finding the best partners? Sure. So um, yes, absolutely. We do that. We have a wait list of partners. Um, and now we're finding, you know, after 17 years that um, the schools are coming to us to say, hey, when are you available? Can you come to my school? So we're at that point with Future for Kids, which is very exciting. And one, another thing I'm super proud of is um, that the community has recognized the work we're doing um, with our volunteers. And um, and that's why we are in a growth mode. Um, and, um, you know, it's just exciting, especially being on this podcast is wonderful to share the message and let people know what we're doing, because it might be a fit for some of the um, people who are listening to get involved. Mm-hmm. On both sides. Right. Mentors, the kids, you know, all can get involved. Absolutely. And I always like to share the drivers behind an organization and just share a little bit about your story. So would you mind giving just a glimpse? And I'm sure that every day is different. So just an an overall glimpse into what a day in the life of a nonprofit executive director looks like, because I, I want to also harness the children that are listening, the next generation that's listening and encourage those because this podcast is all about lifting each other up and lifting the community up um, and nonprofit drivers and, and leaders do so much of that work in the community. And so I like to tell the stories behind the humans that are doing it. So if you don't mind telling me about your story, who you are within work, what your days look like within work, but then also outside of work and then your interests outside of work because you're a human too. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so I think... Um, you know, the role of an executive director um, is uh, key to the success of any um, nonprofit. And I think um, one of the most important things is um, learning, growing constantly. Things are changing um, in the way funding occurs for organizations and, um, you know, having a building a very strong team of people who deliver your mission. And that's where we focus at Future for Kids. So every day when I come into the office, um, I wear many hats. Um, so I'm also the fundraiser and, um, and, and manage our team to make sure that our outcomes and goals are being achieved. So, um, you know, building that team and, and, and making sure that everyone is fully, um, uh, trained and re- uh, kind of at the top of their game so that we can execute our mission, um, very efficiently. So, um, you know, I work with funders. Um, we have a special events that I work on as well. And um, I uh, do a lot of um, grant reviews. It's a very interesting job because you do get to, uh, your day is very, um, every day is different and it's varied. So there's all kinds of amazing projects that you work on. So, um, and you also get to affiliate with other wonderful people doing good work in the community. Mm -hmm. So I would say, um, you know, my day is, um, is filled with uh, meeting with wonderful people all to uh, move our mission forward in the community. And what were you doing before you came to future for kids? I worked for the uh, arthritis foundation, greater Southwest chapter. Nice. So that's always kind of been, Always been kind of in the nonprofit space. Yeah. And so um, that experience was wonderful and that it really helped me with, um, uh, you know, the the tools to uh, when I came to Future for Kids to uh, build and grow the organization. But before that, 
Um, I have three kids, so I was always involved with um, schools and uh, managing uh, sports teams, uh, you know, supporting coaches and PTOs and everything at school for my children. So uh, a lot of um, the wonderful people I've met and experiences came from just being a volunteer myself. Right, right. And real world experience that now you're able to teach, you have this proven model to teach others. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey. And um, it is a very interesting role. And I think, um, because anytime you're working in community service, you're uh, very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's something that feels different about working in nonprofit versus working for a corporation, It just feels warmer. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I am just um, every day I'm uh, appreciative that I get to serve the community. So it, that's what, probably why I've been here 17 years, because I have that every day. It feels like that. Well, what's next for the organization? I know you're expanding and growing, but what else can we look for that's on the horizon for you over the next year? Yeah, you know, I think um, our uh, agency is, um, is, is, is in a growth mode. So everything we're doing, um, you know, besides boots on the ground programming, um, are, uh, we're st uh, strategizing on how to make that all happen. So that's, uh, you know, of course, uh, we have an amazing board and associate board, which are young professionals that all work together to, um, you know, to build um, a growth plan. And how do we actually execute that in a, a timely manner um, and make sure um, that all of our ducks are in a row to accomplish um, good things for other cities that we want to serve. Mm -hmm. And are you, do you have events that are coming up too in the next, now that the weather's getting better? Yeah, yeah, we do. On January 5th, um, we have our 22nd annual golf tournament out at Whirlwind. And it is a day of, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful day of golf to launch the new year. So uh, it's an amazing executive tournament with lots of fun um, for the golfers. So we still have a few spots left. Um, and so if anyone's out there as a golfer and would like to join us, it's a great way to support Future for Kids um, and uh, really um, have a great time. The people that uh, participate every year, um, they, they're coveted spots. They really enjoy that experience each year. So, um, it's unusual that we have a few spots, um, mm -hmm. this year, um, we do, and we'd love to invite some new companies to join us. Absolutely. And so where would we learn more, whether it's signing up for the golf tournament, maybe piqued your interest to be a mentor, where does all of that happen? Send us there. Yeah, so um, we have a website, of course, www.futureforkids.org, and, and you can find everything about um, organization on that website, as well as the contact information to call us or shoot us an email. And of course, we would love to hear from you um, and get you involved. Absolutely. Well, Madonna, thank you so much for your time and thank you for driving this amazing organization. Mentorship really can change the future for generations. You can break cycles and I'm just very grateful. So thank you for the work you're doing in the community. 
Thank you so much, Jordan. It was wonderful speaking with you. All right. I want to give a very special thank you to my guests today. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program and making our community an amazing place, not just to live and to work, but most importantly, to play. You can hear The Valley Now on the radio with audio on demand on radio station websites and the Odyssey app. My name is Jordan Moreno. Shine your light, share your love, and join us again next week right here on The Valley Now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.